0: I think what you should do is find the person responsible for this mess and see that they're punished.
1: It's Manson Mitchell on the weekend with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell, a double shot of good conversation with great guests to power up your day. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Happy holidays it's not too early to say that seasons greetings to you there I said it I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Together we are manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour it's just that time even in Florida Suzanne it's amazing to me that you know you you're responsible for the touches of holiday that you place very judiciously around our villa and yesterday we picked up our Christmas tree we went through and isn't this an issue in households from time immemorial? Somewhere back in the caveman days, they probably said, do we get a live tree this Christmas or do we want to just go and put up the plastic one again? And you said real tree this year, real tree this year. And we found a really good price at one of those big places where you buy tools and lumber. And so we got ourselves a live tree and thus we escaped some real inflation in the Christmas tree market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you we get heard, something at seven, eight feet tall. You're looking at a hundred dollars bill,
0: dollars or more. Yeah. But we didn't go that tall.
1: And I remember the days when we used to, if it was a real tree, but growing up in orange County, seven miles from Disneyland, we had to do, you know, we had a lot of entertainment culture around us, but what about under our own roof? It was a big deal for us when we decided, you know what, let's go ahead and get a tree this year. That's flocked.
0: Oh, you know what? I never liked flocked trees. I'm you did no.
1: As a rule, we didn't get that either. Yeah. And once in a while, if there was a sale on the can of spray, yeah, <laughs> we'd go and spray the tree down. It had a more natural look because snow doesn't always drop evenly, except yes. in a blizzard or something, you know. And yep. there we were having Orange County Christmas with a flock tree. Otherwise, we used icicles and had a pretty good time every year. All right. Let's say hello to Nathan, Nathan Miller, the tall guy. Tall guy, Nathan, how are you doing? How are you celebrating? Nathan, that's Nathan, 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 Nathan. <laughs> Good morning,
2: Gary and Suzanne. And nothing like a little musical to spread some holiday joy. Oh, am I right?
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, that, that's just, that put a smile on my face. That was great.
2: We were just talking about that, and I've actually never heard that song before until you showed me it this morning. It's like, we got to get this going. And, of course, Mark has (laughs) his own musical song we were just uh, singing along before he joined into the show.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We will talk about that Um, maybe after the
1: break. Oh, yeah, we can definitely do that. And we are so happy today to have our buddy Mark Anthony back with us. And we've got some mad props to read and and news intervenes. There's a lot to talk about and we're going to put it all together during this hour. Big show. All right. Hey, Mark Anthony is on. What do you have to say about him?
0: Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer slash psychic explorer is the author of the spiritual bestsellers Never Letting Go. Evidence of eternity and now the afterlife frequency. As the psychic explorer, Mark travels the world examining supernatural phenomena at spiritual and mystical destinations. He's an expert in spirit communication, survival of consciousness near-death experience physics, history, archaeology, philosophy, and theology. Before the end of the hour, it is afterlifefrequency.com. And welcome once again to Manson Mitchell for part two about the afterlife frequency. Good to have you with us again, Mark. and.
2: Thank you, okay. uh, Suzanne. You're breaking up a bit. Yeah, I, I can't hear you guys.
0: Oh, I'm sorry to hear that.
1: Okay. okay. uh Okay. Oh, a little internet trouble. We're working on that. It's okay. The uh this is when you want to channel Tesla. He would have the answer. We've <laughs> got a windy
0: day going on, and that may be part of it.
1: Yeah, the okay. to Pacific Northwest, you look at all the storm activity in Kentucky and Illinois, etc. And then you look way up in the Pacific Northwest and the one state to suffer severe weather overnight was Washington State. So we're lucky to be on the air. Yeah, it's a, well, it's a miracle we can even do what we're
2: doing. I mean, think about it, you know, we're. We're all over the country, and we got Nathan in uh, Seattle who's running the show. So this is really great. So it's great to be back here on Manson Mitchell. I love uh, KKNW. It's my cyber home away from home. And uh, Gary and Suzanne are my uh, brother and sister from another mister.
1: Well, how about that? That ending trivia for you. And then we're going to get into your, your wonderful book. I hesitate to call it a tome. Good pace. And it's full of wonderful stories. It's a beautiful book, The Afterlife Frequency. And, we, and this is part two of our interview with you in regards. So we want to allow time for that. But you know, the news steps and there are some things you just particularly if you're a baby boomer and you just want to recall four glories of our youth we were there to learn yesterday that michael ness singer songwriter excellent songwriter excellent guitarist of the monkeys passed away and you know i just had to remark as did many of my friends on facebook mark that Wow, you know you're getting old when the idols of your yesteryear, your youth, are passing away and you just feel like, holy cats, this is really something to lose people like this who meant so much. And it's one after the other after the other. And I feel like I'm stranded on a pop culture island.
2: Yeah, you know, I remember when I was a little kid, um, the Monkeys TV show was in syndication. And so I used to watch it. And, and, you know, it was fun. They had a lot of good songs. And um, it's just sad when you see people starting, that whole generation starting to drop right and left. And what we've seen in the last couple of years, a lot of the 70s rock stars. And I can't imagine the health habits of rock and roll stars from the 1970s influencing their longevity at all.
1: No, no. As a matter of fact, and let's, uh, you know, the monkeys were derisively nicknamed by some people, not by me, but by some people as the prefab four. And okay, I appreciate a bit of pop culture humor. That was at the expense of the monkeys, who actually became accomplished musicians and a very popular musical act. Here's a bit of trivia, Mark. I just found this out today. I, You know, Michael Nesmith passes away. I started looking into it a little bit. The Monkees set a record In 1967, that still stands, becoming the only act to have four number one albums on the Billboard 200 in a calendar year.
2: That's amazing. You know, 1967 was kind of the peak of psychedelic rock and roll. I mean, you had the Beatles, Sgt. Peppers and Magical Mystery Tour. You had the Rolling Stones. Um, you had the Doors. I mean, you had some. But the thing about I like when you call them the prefab four, because basically I think that it was CBS put them together as an answer to the Beatles and they didn't write their own songs. Um, CBS hired songwriters, and that became a real bone of contention, particularly with Michael Nesmith and Peter Tork, both of whom were very accomplished mus- musicians and songwriters. But you know, it's it's sad to see them go, and there's only one monkey left, and that's Mickey Dolenz. And so, you know, my you know my heart goes out to the Nesmith family and to uh, uh, to Mickey because you know he's the last of. Um, of really a legendary Prefab 4 rock group.
1: That is true. And I love to tell the story of how Mickey Dolans was a student in a the class taught by a very dear family friend of ours. And he, the, the course was actually taught at LA Trade Tech. Okay, it was a trade school. And there was Mickey Dolans, who was an indolent pardon the similarity in sound, he was regarded by our friend and the teacher of the class as an indolent student, and he just really couldn't see much academic potential there. And yet Mickey Dolan's unimpressive in the classroom, somehow managed to cobble together a life and a lifestyle and a musical career that persists to this day, dear in memory to we baby boomers.
2: Wow yeah you know it's funny I saw an interview uh, with another rock legend recently Stephen Stills of Crosby Stills Nash and sometimes Young and he was joking because he tried out he auditioned for the Monkees he was a you know, he was a musician. He was playing gigs in LA and he auditioned for the monkeys. And they told him that his teeth weren't good enough for television because he, you know, apparently didn't have, um, you know, beautiful pearly white straight teeth. And uh, Peter Tork said, Yeah, that really went uh, badly for him. I mean, you know, I mean, they were joking about that because uh, basically Stephen Still said getting turned down by the monkeys was the best thing that ever happened to him became because he became a rock superstar in a legendary group which whose music still persists to this day. So, you know, and it's interesting, Gary, when we talk about things like that, so many times doors are slammed shut in our faces and we think, well, that was terrible. But then again, maybe that was what was supposed to happen because I am a firm believer that when one door closes, another opens.
1: And the door that opens so often is the right one. Thank you, Mark, for bringing that up. You've just given me the perfect angle. And again, I promise we're going to get to the afterlife frequency. But this is a good jumping jumping off point, Mark, because the door closes, we grieve, maybe we're shocked at a loss, at a big disappointment, completely unaware that the next thing or perhaps the thing after that that we try or the next person that we meet represents all we could hope for in life. What we need is the patience and to be able to take very much consonant with your perspective in the afterlife frequency. You have to be able to see the bigger picture.
2: Absolutely. And it's very easy for us to get focused on our finite personal perspective and fail to to grasp or to realize or to remember that we are a drop of water in an infinite sea and each drop matters, each drop counts. But sometimes, like you indicated, we simply don't remember to see or to be aware of that we are part of something much larger than ourselves.
0: Or to even appreciate the fact that that our little drop of water is significant for what it does do, as opposed to, you know, well, I'm not as famous as this one, or I'm not as rich as that one, or I'm not as smart as this one. And, you know, we, we do that comparison about how other people are really making a difference, and maybe we're not. But whatever it is that we're doing is exactly what we're supposed to be doing in this lifetime. And our little drop of water is important to the whole and we, you know, shouldn't be comparing with other drops of water and what they're doing.
2: Absolutely. Um, I remember when I was practicing law, um, I had a friend and he was always concerned about, well, that lawyer is getting more cases. That lawyer lives in a bigger house, that lawyer. And I remember saying to him, don't worry about what other lawyers are doing. And, And let me broaden the parameters. Uh, Beyond, beyond the practice of law, don't worry about what other people are doing. Focus on what you are doing and be the best that you can at it. And when I say be the best, I mean in the positive sense. The, this involves, you know, working on acts of love, healing, resolution, inner peace. And if you're, you know, whether you're an attorney or carpenter or an accountant or musician, Focused on being the best that you can be, and that is the point, just because, you know, it's like, you know, look at, um, you know, Mike Nesmith and Peter Tork of the Monkees uh, saying, well, gosh, we wish we were as big as Crosby, Stills, and Nash, all right? Well, the monkeys were their drop of water. But then again, what about somebody who's never on TV, never on radio, never in print media? That doesn't mean that he or she is not just as important to everything going on around them. And that's one of the things that that I do talk about in the afterlife frequency is synchronicity. Uh, Life is not just a series of haphazard random coincidences because coincidences don't exist. Life instead is synchronicity, which means that everything happens for a reason because we're each a piece of a much larger mosaic. And so maybe you're sitting there one day on a park bench and somebody comes and sits next to you and that person starts to tell you about his or her life and you actually listen to that person and then that person gets up and leaves. Maybe you saved that person's life. Maybe that person was so depressed and felt so marginalized because nobody ever gave him or her the time of day, and you did. And so many times we can do things with that, that, that achieve very positive results and consequences and not realize it at the time.
0: Yes, and may never know it. It may just be part of that mystery. You know, you're talking about, you know, being in the matrix, being in that network of people who are both living and in the spirit world, living in this world, living in another dimension. And I was, um, I did some baking this morning, and I've been doing more baking this year than I have in prior years. My mother did not bake. She rarely baked anything. When she did, it was good, but that was that was not her thing. She made Christmas cookies. So once a year, she baked and, and made cookies. I had a grandmother and a great aunt who both did an exceptional amount of baking. One specialized in cakes, the other one specialized in pies. And so today, when I was baking early this morning, when Gary was still sleeping, I wasn't thinking about my mom. I was thinking about my grandmother and my great aunt. Okay, I'm going to be putting this together. So if I need help, I hope you two are around to help me because those were the two bakers. And and in the matrix, that was what they brought to their lives here is that they really knew how to make cakes and they really knew how to make pies and so those were the people that I could count on to to have that skill, learn that skill, and appreciate doing a little bit of baking. And so everybody's contribution, as you said, is important, whether or not they know it.
2: Yeah, and you know I love the that that story because you think okay, they they taught us how to bake pies and cakes, but what did those pies and cakes do? They brought family together, they brought friends together, they made people happy. So the pies and the cakes in and of themselves were an extension of the intentions and the work of of these women who then affected so many other people. So that's a really beautiful story. It is perfect for this time of year too.
0: Yes, yes. And you know, you might not always understand the reference if, for example, you're doing a reading and you have a certain reference to cakes or pies or something, it wouldn't mean the same thing to you that it would mean to me. I would know who that refers to. You would not know who that refers to. And you tell a great story in your book, The Afterlife Frequency, about sitting with a woman, and you got the name Napoleon. Tell us that
2: story. Yeah, I was doing a session for this woman and her teenage son had had died from brain cancer. And during the course of the reading, several things his spirit was transmitting to me were making sense to her. And then he kept giving me Napoleon, Napoleon. And, you know, I'm a history buff, so I'm thinking, all right, maybe he likes Napoleon. And she goes, that doesn't make any sense. I go, well, I like desserts. Maybe he means those Napoleon pastries. And she said, I I can't think of anything. I said, well, don't worry about it. And just jot it down. And the thing is about messages from spirits is a lot of times when people go into a session with a medium, they expect everything to make sense. What they want, how they want it, when they want it. But that's not how it works. And I call the period after the reading the unfolding. You know, think of the readings like a flower. It blooms, it blossoms, and it unfolds. And it can take hours, days, weeks, or even longer for the full meaning of a reading to make sense. Five years later, she sent me an email and she said, I'm sure you don't remember me, but you did a reading and my son came through and he kept giving me Napoleon. And this morning I was missing him so much. And I started thinking about that reading and then it dawned on me his favorite movie of all time was Napoleon dynamite. And she said, <laughs> yeah. And, and the funny thing is and I never saw that movie. You never so, saw it. Yeah. yeah. It never made, it didn't make any sense to me. I've got one that actually happened last week. Um, I was doing a session for this gentleman who's over the phone because, you know, I do phone sessions and, and, uh, you know, if, if you guys are open and maybe we'll take some calls from listeners, um, But his father's spirit came through and I kept getting two snakes. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they, you know, had snakes for pets, or maybe a snake got in the house. He said, No, it doesn't doesn't ring a bell. I said, Well, to me, I, I think of the symbol of the medical symbol, the staff with two snakes. He goes, Yeah. He goes, I know that. He goes, but my feeling, I feel that it's Native American. I said, Why? He said, Well, my father was Native American. He I'm, you know, he goes, Of course, so so I am, but I don't know what this means. I said, "Okay, well, we'll trust your intuition and, and uh, go with that." The next day, he contacted me, and he and his wife they sent me an email, and they attached to it a. um They took a picture uh from a book that they that uh, he had found. His father was Sioux S I O U X of the Sioux Nation, Sioux Native American Nation, which in that language literally means two snakes. Now, oh, wow. yeah! And he didn't know that, and I didn't know it. And, and so that's the beauty of spirit communication and the unfolding is sometimes you don't know what it means right away, but then you discover it. And uh, he was just overjoyed and elated. And I, you know, that's why I always tell people I may have one interpretation, but the reading's not about me. It's about you. So if I have one interpretation, but you have a different one, we always go with your, your association with it because I'm just the conduit for the message.
1: Right right conduit for the message and we just got a little uh message on our screen here from mark anthony now mark we do not wish to put upon your energies which were pretty well depleted after last night it seems like you had a program where you expended a good deal of energy and you thought maybe you weren't going to give messages but now you're indicating that maybe some some mini stocking stuffer readings is that what you're up for today
2: Sure, why not? You know, I mean, this is what I do is I help people facilitate communication between this world and their loved ones in spirit. And one of the reasons that I wrote the afterlife frequency is to present the scientific proof of spiritual contact, not just through a medium, but also when you receive a visitation, or maybe you have a near death experience. Or a loved one is transitioning and he or she is seeing spirits of of, um, loved ones that are going to help them transition and greet them and people in close proximity see that and so the reason I wrote this book is to show that there's a common denominator between all the different forms of spirit communication, near-death experiences, shared death experiences, deathbed visions, contact through a medium, direct um, uh, after-death communication, whether a dream or you feel something. It all involves energy transfer and frequency alignment. And so, yeah, if there's some um, some callers, uh, you know, we can take a couple mini readings. And uh, why not? I mean, this, this is uh, the season when When it is really hard on people, Uh, it's always hard when you lose a loved one, but this time of year, it's even worse. This is when family is supposed to be together, and there's that empty chair at the table. There's the clothes in the closet that'll never be worn by that person again. Uh, Parents, especially, who've lost children. This is devastating, and Christmas should be a time of joy and fun and many times what it does is it reinforces what we've lost and so yes. yeah, yeah yeah
1: you know what the toughest thing is mark and we if you live to a certain age you're going to go through it i can recall that my mom having to clean out my dad's belongings, the things that she was not going to keep. And then my brother, who shared a home with my mother for years, did the same thing when my mom passed away. And he was there with 13 bags stuffed with things that were going to Catholic charities. He had to get it out of the apartment. There was so much there. I think that is one of the the mournful aspects of death after the fact. Somebody's got to get that stuff out of the closet and your heart's breaking already. And it's something you just have to do. And
2: boy, is that hard. Um, I, I had to do that with both of my parents. And, you know, uh, I, I kept some of my dad's shirts because, you know, I you know, they fit. And every time I put on one of his shirts, it kind of makes me feel good. It kind of makes me feel good.
0: I like that. I have a couple things belonging to my mom. Some of her scarves and things. So I know what you mean. It's nice to have that little bit of energy around you from someone that you love. We're... Um,
1: so I, I we said to... readings, Mark Anthony, right. in the same sentence, and now already pe- they didn't wait for the phone number. No. They jumped on those phone lines, Suzanne. Hey,
0: I have phone numbers <laughs> to give out. That is my job. And
1: you will do it right now.
0: I will. And we will take a few readings after the break, just a few. And the numbers to call from anywhere, you can call 425 373 5527. If you're in Western Washington, there's also a toll free number 1-888-298-5569. I know you want me to repeat that from anywhere 425-373-5527. And in Western Washington, 888-298-5569. So we will take a few calls after the break. And we will also um, give out the information about how you can connect with Mark, his website, and what is going on in his life. So should we go ahead and take the break early, Gary?
1: I think this is the perfect time to take it. Thank you, folks, for your keen interest in our interview with Mark Anthony. And we are pleased to make this kind of a pre-Christmas gift. We're handing out these spirit cookies here through the good graces and the courtesy of Mark Anthony today. We are Manson Mitchell. We're going to take a two minute break. When we come back, we will do the marketing piece and then your calls. Thanks for tuning in to Manson Mitchell. Thanks for all the time you spend listening to the good stuff to be heard on AM 1150. We'll be right back.
0: on Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomes Bonnie Barnard, who has invested her adult life in finding and refining her spiritual practice. Begin 2022 by looking at
1: life with new eyes. On Saturday, Carol Bromley, The Christmas Carol, returns from London with spirit messages for the holidays, the ultimate stocking stuffer, and God bless us everyone. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Get your daily dose of variety. Alternative talk, eleven fifty. Welcome back
0: to Manson Mitchell. Nice, sung
1: by Mickey Dolenz. Yes, Mary, Mary, the song written by Michael Nesmith.
0: Very good. We we have a very special guest this hour, and that is Mark Anthony. This we're calling this part two of the Afterlife Frequency. Part one was in. September. You can always go into the archives and listen to part one of the Afterlife Frequency. And Mark has said he'd be willing to take some calls. The lines are full, but before we get to those calls, Mark, I want to make sure that people know how they can reach you and anything you want to say about the books, events that you're doing, anything else that's going on that you would like to tell our listeners.
2: Absolutely. My website is afterlifefrequency.com, just like my new book, The Afterlife Frequency. And you know, I would like to say that uh, this book is the ideal gift to give to somebody who is coping with loss. And so if you do know somebody facing, uh, facing these holidays without a loved one, The Afterlife Frequency, I wrote it to not only explain the scientific basis of spiritual contact, but also to help people cope with survivor's guilt, uh, the death of a loved one, post-traumatic stress disorder, and it speaks to families coping with uh, suicide and even homicide. And so if people want to find out about me, kindly sign up for my newsletter if you'd like to book a telephone session and uh, um, you can order uh, Afterlife Frequency through my website, please visit afterlifefrequency.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you. Um, I believe, in my opinion, Afterlife Frequency is the best book written on this topic. And I have recommended it to everybody that I have talked to. And I found out only 10 minutes before our show today that my review of afterlife frequency is now on Amazon. So if you wanna know more about what I think about it, you can go to Amazon reviews and see what I said about afterlife frequency.
2: Thank you, I appreciate that, Suzanne.
0: Oh, you're welcome. We have um, very patiently waiting, Amy calling from Seattle. Amy, say hello to Mark Anthony. Do you have a question for him?
3: Oh, hi, Mark. Um, I'm reading your book right now, it's great. Um, Thank you, Amy. Yeah, I'm just, I respect what you do, and I know that you bring through who you can. So I've got lots of people on the other side, so you tell me if you pick up any.
2: Okay, um, hold on. Let me see now. Yeah, you do have a lot of people. Okay, I got a male energy coming through. Now It's funny, the first thing he's talking about is his hair okay and I see like his hair parted and and uh it seems like I don't know he he was either had some issues with his hair kind of focused on his hair um and he thinks this is funny and he keeps winking at me going she'll know what I'm talking about big smile this guy had one of those movie star smiles um but what I'm getting with his passing I'm feeling a lot of tension, pain, pressure in my back, actually in the entire thoracic region, which is essentially the rib cage uh, running along the spine and i feel a debilitated condition draining sensation which is an indicator that his passing was not a quick event so it took him some time to pass so we had this very robust you know good looking guy and then uh, an illness fell upon him which took him down a click at a time and toward the end i get a non-responsive almost feels like a comatose type state my uh, hands, feet are icy cold. That's an indicator of a circulation issue connected to him. Um, he could be he could be on your generational level, but I tend to uh, feel feel based on what he's shown me that he could be on the parent uncle uh, type level. Does any of this make sense? Yeah,
3: it does. It sounds like my dad
2: there you go parent level um yeah Yeah. the award-winning smile and he he loves you loves you loves you and it's funny i know we've been talking about 60s music and all that i love all kinds of music i mean from from renaissance through mozart through uh, rock and roll to techno um but he keeps talking about i'm hearing that um i think it was a Paul Simon wrote it. I love you, love you, love you, love you. And I know that obviously he's saying that, but this could be a reference to a name like Paul or something oh, about.
3: That, that was his best friend.
2: Okay. Yeah, Woo. He's, gone,
3: he's gone too. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There you go. Yeah. So your dad and Paul are together Yay. over there with a lot of people, and they're all cracking up, and they're saying, "Watch the Cheetos! Watch the Cheetos!" Watch hmm. the Cheetos. I wonder what that Cheetos. means. Well, um, anything about junk food? Do you love it about
3: that? I don't eat any.
2: Very good. Yeah. See, uh, see, very good. I'll I'll
3: mention this to my brothers and sisters because it might be one message for them.
2: Right. But sometimes they'll bring up something and they're okay. saying, watch the Cheetos. Okay. So that could be an acknowledgement that you're right. avoiding junk food, but it could also, let's trust your intuition here, okay. um, that this could be a message to your siblings of let's not eat that stuff. Okay. okay? And yeah. he's also saying, new car, new car, new car. It, uh-huh. Are you, there's somebody close to you having issues with your car, thinking about getting a new car?
3: Okay. Yes. Good. Well, I'll let you yes. go so you can talk to a bunch of other people. But I really appreciate it. I like your Hey Jude story in the book.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Thank you so much, Amy. Appreciate you, you calling in. All right. Thank so you. Have, Amy. Thanks, Amy.
0: And, and Amy was such a great caller. She took her cookie and left. <laughs>
1: and didn't leave crumbs on (laughs) the floor she
0: wasn't a big piggy she just said thank
1: you i got my cookie (laughs) a model guest on the air A model guest for yes thank you for that that
2: exactly amy was like the standard of of how people should take a reading instead of saying no 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 if it doesn't make sense right away you take it under advisement because it could be something like the two snakes you don't understand it now or napoleon you know sometimes it takes like five years Um, Hopefully not. Uh, And also, when something comes in, it may not just apply to that spirit, it could apply to another spirit or perhaps to you or someone in this world. So, Amy, definitely thank you, Amy, for calling in.
0: Yes, that was a great call. Thank you, Amy. And talking about messages applying to more than one person. That was something we discussed at length in part one of this interview. Very interesting how that works scientifically. So if you want to know why messages can be applied to more than one person, go to interview part one in September of this year. We have Cynthia calling from Issa Cynthia say hello to Mark Anthony.
4: Hi, thanks for taking my call. And I'm going to take my cookie and go too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, Cynthia, thank you so much for calling in. Okay. How can I help you?
4: Um, I wanted to see if you could pick up um, whoever might be coming through uh, my husband or my mother or whoever, anything to help me in um, trying to get a new job, but anything. All right, that.
2: Um, all right. Hold hold on, hold on. Let's get the okay. spirit first. And then we'll, we'll oh. um, go to the other one. Um, it's interesting because as soon as you came on the line, Um, I was feeling it could be a brother or some other male on your level, and that would indicate most likely that means your husband. I mean, not that your husband is your brother, but it's generational. Okay. And what I get here is, okay, now there's a male energy coming in connected to you, and I'm tasting a lot of blood. This doesn't always mean a massive bleed out externally. It could be something going on with his blood or an internal um, bleed. And I'm getting, um, a bitter metallic taste in my mouth, which could be medications. Um, and I'm also getting a dizzy disorientation prior to yep. his passing.
4: Yep. So, so he, he was treated, um, for cancer and he, the, the, uh, the chemotherapy, all that would make his taste buds just like that, tasting. Uh, what did you just say? Uh, that, yeah, that,
2: that, yeah. I, I call yeah, it the metallic said. taste, but it's the metallic battery acid taste. taste. I mean, not that I've ever you know consumed battery acid, but no, we can only no, imagine.
4: Horrible. And he would say, yeah. he would say that. Yep, yep, yep. That,
2: yeah. That's okay. Mm-hmm. He said he 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 keeps calling you pretty, pretty. Aww. Now, of course, everybody wants their spouse to call them attractive, but he said you're so pretty. You've always been pretty. And he said, when I was dying, he said, when you would walk in, he said it was like an angel walked into the room. And the colors he associates with you are a beautiful, like, powder blue and white. Powder blue and white. Does that make sense to you in any way?
4: He loved the color blue and he loved the color white. He was a man that liked me to wear white. And he loved the Seahawks, so he had me wearing blue and white. And that there makes you go.
2: Oh, that that's so wonderful. So yeah. Still, so.
4: Yeah, that's very yeah, and he would um he's come to me other times and said he wished, you know, he was more expressive at times. So that that is just so sweet to hear because I I am missing him a great deal.
2: Of course. Um is there a window shade? It's like a window shade, window treatment, window shade or a blind or something that needs adjusting or repairing? He's talking about you with a window window shade. Um, something about a window
4: okay it could be the shade in the front that we looked out in the bay window it was always um we always had to bend it back so it always to fit the air conditioner or something in that maybe that's what it or the other window shade in the other room
2: hmm. or or both okay or both. so yeah so when a spirit gives us a message of an spirit ex- uh, Excuse me, when a spirit gives me a message of an explanatory or advisory nature, and he gave us uh, the blue, the white, and how pretty you are, and how you were an angel coming to visit him when he was dying, and how much he loves you, that's the advice and explanation, and then when they follow it up with an objectively verifiable fact something yep. about the blinds and you immediately, your association governs here. You immediately thought of two different windows in your house where you have to adjust the blinds to either open or close them. So that verifiable fact of the blinds is how the spirit is letting you and I know that we've properly received and interpreted the message. So oh, fantastic. I'm going to take my
4: cookie. I have chills. I have, Oh, uh, thank you, more I just, I know he's with me. And when it gets validated through you and somebody else, it reminds me that when he does come to me and I write it down. So when my brain starts to argue about it later and I hear it, I go, just keep listening, Just keep listening for the signs. And that's so sweet. He was. It, uh, thank you so much.
2: Uh, oh, the last message. And I know it's uh, Christmas time and all that. But he's yeah. showing me like, um, you know how there's arrangements. Like there'll be like a, a ring of holly with uh, like a candle in the middle of it. He yep. is specifically showing me something that looks like that. So okay. there could be somebody connected to you or him named Holly, or there may be something about an arrangement with a candle. And he mm-hmm. said, tell her to light the candle. Okay. All Very right. Good. Very I'll good. And these, are, you.
0: these are no calorie cookies, Cynthia. Thank <laughs> no. you so much for calling. Thank you so much, Mark, and thank you guys. Thank you, thank okay. you Cynthia. Goes oh, Cynthia. That, that
1: was just excellent. Calorie free wisdom. I like that. Calorie
0: free Christmas cookies. Very very good. We have Sean calling from Seattle. Sean, say hello to Mark Anthony.
5: Hi, Mark. Yeah, I'd like one yule
2: cookie, please.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, Sean. We'll see if we have a spiritual Christmas cookie coming right up. All right, um, female energy connected to you. Feels like she could be on the parent level, possibly grandparent level, but she's connected to you through the maternal side of the family. And what I'm getting with this woman, I'm getting this massive pain in my head, in my right frontal lobe. Now, this could indicate she was having some type of issues, could be an aneurysm, could even be tumors, but I'm getting a definite problem uh, with the head. Um, God, it's like my head is in a vice. So this could also indicate maybe she had a history of migraines, but this feels it was somehow connected with her passing. And I'm getting this (sighs) rapid, shallow breathing. I don't feel that this issue with the head took her um, immediately. But it was part of an overall condition, and I'm getting this rapid, shallow breathing, and I feel fluid build up in my chest. Now, this could be fluid build up in the chest. Different uh, causes of death, different medical conditions, have a similar physical sensation as I experience them. This could be congestive heart failure, but this could be something else, like a pneumonia. But I'm feeling this sensitivity pressure in my pulmonary or her pulmonary system, meaning her lungs. Does any of this resonate with you, Sean?
5: Gosh, my maternal grandmother died before I ever met her, but she had Hodgkin's lymphoma and she had radiation treatment. So I I don't know if it's the
2: Hodgkin's itself or treatment from it. Okay. So even if you didn't know her, she knows you and she just, this is interesting. Um, and this is going to sound corny as all get up but she's showing me a tiara, okay? You know, like uh, women, princesses, queens wear a tiara and it's loaded with diamonds. So there could be something about a name like tiara or tiana, something like that. But diamonds are the indicator for, because that's a birthstone for the month of April. So what she may be bringing up, Sean, is some connection with you or her or someone close to either of you within the month of April, births, deaths, anniversaries, or events, unless there's some um, woman connected to you—that's very much of a princess. And I'm not trying to be funny, but that's those are my associations. Okay, all right. And all anything right. ring a bell?
5: Let's see. Um, let's see. Well, my ex-wife, her birthday's in April.
2: Um, there, there we go. There we go. Okay. Now we don't want to pick on your ex-wife uh, on the air, um, but does the term princess would that make sense? related hmm. to your ex in any way?
5: Not necessarily that. I'm um, trying to just sort of put in context. Maybe it's a two snakes reference. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it could be one of those because this is really strong. All okay. right. So let's see where else she's going with this. And now she said that September is of great importance to you. Does that make any sense? September. Oh, um it feels like this last September, did some monumental or some big thing happen in this last September?
5: I'm trying to remember. I, I think I got, I, I did a professional certification exam. I really started getting serious, I think, in September for that for that exam. But,
2: there you uh, go. That,
5: that, that, yeah, okay.
2: Yeah, so September, that September, or the one before it, but the, that September laid the groundwork of everywhere that you're going now. And she okay. said that you enjoy... Um, not in a, a way of hubris or arrogance, but you enjoy on a spiritual level acts of altruism, compassion, and helping others. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. So the path that you're on now is the path that you need to be on, and it's as if you left behind a lot of um, materialism or desire for material wealth. And I'm not saying that, you know, you're running off to become homeless or anything like that, but what it seems is that there has been perhaps since you, um, you and your wife uh, split, that there has been a complete shift of priorities with you and that, that all had to happen to put you on this new altruistic path in life.
5: Yes, I can see that. Yes.
2: There you go. So, all right.
5: What a big cookie. And I think I'm working on the Princess Natara. Um, Yeah.
2: Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you think? What do you think?
5: Oh, um, it it could have to do with, um, I really, i say it's kind of a two snakes reference. Let me, let me, let me work on that. How's that?
0: (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Ruminate on it. Yeah. Thank you, Sean, for calling in. All right.
1: Many blessings. Very good. And Sean, when in doubt, go watch Napoleon Dynamite. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Thank put on
2: you. some monkeys, you know? There you um, go. You go monkeys. There. <laughs> All Thank
0: right. Thank you, Sean. Thank We're going to just take one more caller before the end of this hour. And the lucky fourth caller is Kathy from Seattle. Kathy, say hello to Mark Anthony. And do you have a question for him? Uh, yeah. Hi, Mark.
2: Hey, um, Kathy. How you doing?
0: I have a a tumor on my lung
4: operation coming up and i was wondering maybe what the best months are time to do it
2: <laughs> um hold on let me see is your mother's father on the other side yeah okay cuz i'm getting a maternal grandfather figure he wants to be the spokesperson for your collective of spirits and this tumor is a bit more complex than just—I mean, not—not not that any tumor is, isn't uh, complex, but is this tumor chiefly on the upper left lung in the neighborhood of the heart?
4: They—it shows that it's on the lower left, but they—I they, guess the lungs got to come out with it.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, post haste, post haste. All right. That's a Latin term for let's get on it. Okay. Now, obviously you need to follow the guidance of your doctor and your surgeon, but the sense that I'm getting from the the spirit is a sense of urgency. Now don't, don't panic when I say sense of urgency. What he's indicating to me is that this is not something to delay on and that you've got to address it. He's also telling me that um, the recovery time is going to be a bit longer than expected, but I get a sense of full recovery. So in other words, you know how doctors always say, oh, well, you know, we'll do the surgery and you'll be fine. You can go back to work in three days. All right, well, you know, take whatever time they're saying uh, for recovery and, you know, plan on doubling it and baby yourself and take real good care of yourself uh, post-op. That's that's what I'm getting.
0: Okay. All right, Mm -hmm. Kathy, thank you for calling last caller of the day. And we, of course, wish you very, very well absolutely with everything that you're going through. So uh, you can you have seen now how it is that Mark Anthony works uh, the things that come to him, how they come to him. I, I think if you want to connect with him, it would be a great thing to do over the holidays. Afterlifefrequency.com is the website. And I um, appreciate your taking those calls today,
1: um, Mark. I have a question for Mark sure. I, there. And this is contained within the Afterlife Frequency, a copy of which everybody should own. It's a beautiful book. Mark, I wanted to ask you specific to reincarnation. You've done heavy research. Dr. Ian Stevenson wrote a book that I think it's fair to say rattled a lot of scientific cages many years ago when he talked about cases suggestive of reincarnation. And right. my question for you, Mark, we've got about you know four or five minutes to go here. Do you feel that we will reach a point? Is the research going in such a direction as to indicate to you that we might come up with an insight into reincarnation that stands scientific inquiry to such a degree as to be unassailable to most people in the world, half of whom believe in reincarnation already.
2: I believe in reincarnation, not just because it's, you know, cool or, or interesting, but because, um, you know, when I was four, I had a near death experience and anyone that's had an NDE the vast, 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 vast majority of NDEers believe in reincarnation. Also, for 5,000 years, uh, Hindus and then later Buddhists and Jains and and, uh, religions that flow from Hinduism um, all embrace reincarnation. Now, just because a bunch of people believe in something doesn't necessarily make it fact. However, there have been a number of studies which Dr. Ian Stevenson Kicked off at the Division of Perceptual Studies at the University of Virginia as to uh, reincarnation. And he was the first to apply the scientific method of uh, of objective observation of people who had memories from past lives and then validating the information that they're bringing forward. Now, whether or not we're going to get irrefutable proof in the next 10, 15, or even 20 years remains to be seen. But I think that advances being made in our understanding of quantum physics, which I write about in the afterlife frequency, and um, with survival of consciousness, I think it's only a matter of time before we, we meaning the scientific community, is able to prove that we just don't live once.
0: Mark, I would like to read one paragraph from your book before we close out. From page 244, you write, one of the most intriguing talents of the human brain is the ability to question the unknown. A mystery can be something we fear or a challenge for us to explore the unknown. My dad didn't fear the unknown because he didn't believe in mysteries. He was a NASA engineer who considered a mystery just a question that we haven't answered yet or one we can answer once we develop the science and technology to enable us to arrive at the solution. He believed that with enough money, talent and research applied to a mystery, it was possible to find an explanation for everything. If the answer isn't readily available, it is still important to pose the question for that will lead you on the quest to discover the answer. Some years ago, somebody very smart uh, once said to me, always stay in the question because answers shut things down. If you pigeonhole something and say, no, that's not possible, or, or put it in a little cubby hole, then you don't go searching for the answer. But as long as you keep staying in the question, then many answers may come up. And, and perhaps the answer that solves the problem, solves the issue. And so I, that was one of my favorite paragraphs from your book, The Afterlife Frequency, is staying open in the question.
2: We have to, we have to. Um, I was talking to somebody a few months ago and he said, oh yeah, well, you know, uh, they've discovered everything that there is to know about quantum physics. <laughs> really? I know, and I'm looking at them and this is an educated person. And I'm like, no, um, one discovery merely leads to more discoveries. And so when we answer one question, it creates more questions. I mean, to say that, oh, we know everything about quantum physics. Of course we don't, um, because there's new discoveries all the time. And those discoveries ultimately will answer questions that we have about life after death, about reincarnation, and once those questions are solved, they're going to open up other questions about those particular phenomena, and so just because we can't answer something definitively right now, I mean, all
1: knowledge begins with, I don't know, And I don't know is a great place to start. It's okay to be in that place if you retain your scientific integrity, keep an open mind and keep asking those questions. And this is a place we have to stop right now. And say goodbye, at least for the nonce (laughs) there. Mark Anthony, thank you so much. Again, his book, The Afterlife Frequency, it is brilliant. You should go out and get a copy and buy one for a loved one at Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Thank you, Mark, for joining us today.
2: Thank you. It's always great being here on Manson Mitchell. I'm Mark Anthony, and you are listening to Manson Mitchell on KKNW and streaming worldwide.
1: That does it for us today. Thank you, Mark. And thank you folks for listening. Happy holidays. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific right here on AM 1150.